Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I like your kind of personal stories. I kind of feel like I'm there with you, monitoring your extension. I pick up on. Hello and welcome to the In For A Penny podcast, hosted by me, Josh Gersler, a chartered financial planner and owner of The Orchard Practice, and co-hosted by Mark Schoffman, a personal finance journalist. We're here to simplify all things personal finance and money related, in the hope that you will be able to learn one small thing each episode which helps you improve your life and have some fun whilst you listen to us. Hit the subscribe button so that you never miss an episode. So the building work is now 95% complete. We see the builder maybe once a week when he decides to grace us with his presence. Um, I don't understand some of these builders. I think if someone put me in charge of a building company for a few months, I could uh, knock them into shape. Uh, A bit of a recommendation for you. I watched a very interesting documentary on Sky Documentaries called Italian 90 four weeks that changed the world. I think it's only three episodes, but very interesting, especially if you're my sort of age and Italia 90 is one of the first World Cups you remember growing up. So uh, go and check it out. So in for a penny, listeners, I give you the latest episode, how the tax changes may impact you. I'll I'll do one of our little uh, standalone intros. Do you want to say hello for this episode? Hello for this episode. Hello for this episode. How are you? Good. Um, I've been listening, obviously, to some of the podcasts you've been doing on your own. But you're a very good presenter. I know. Like, we, um, we, we'd be really popular if it was just me. <laughs> it was just you. <laughs> um, I like I like your kind of personal stories. I kind of feel like I'm there with you, monitoring your extension. I pick up one. Um, <laughs> indeed. Um, well, I'll give you a personal story why I was a couple of minutes late to, to sign on than I thought. Okay. I've been really good. We're, we're recording it sort of uh, eight-ish in the evening. Um, the missus has gone to the theatre. So the kids were finishing their dinner when I got home, about six-ish. So I decided I'll have a quick spin on the Peloton bike. Yeah. Then help them tidy up their dinner get brush their teeth, get into bed, read stories. That all went well. Which kind of finds four children as well, shouldn't we? That's quite impressive. Yeah, well, you know me, four, five, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, had a quick bath. It was too hot. Actually, I'm right, boiling now. Um, yeah. And then made myself dinner. Yeah. Do you want to know what I ate? Yes. I, ha- I made scrambled eggs and oh. um, smoked salmon on toast. Wow, that's an impressive dinner. Tidied it all up, and then I thought, you know what? I'll take a drink into the podcast with Mark. I made myself a mint tea. Mint tea, okay. Now, our hot water tap is broken at the moment, so I've got oh. to use our old broken kettle. Well, is and this going in the intro? Or just... No, this is just for you. And I'm okay. pour... Well, it can go in the podcast, but I'm just <laughs> telling you. And I pour the, uh, the kettle, and the lid fell off the kettle. Oh on top of my glass the hot yeah. mint tea went everywhere so i spent oh. a few minutes clearing that up hence why i'm a few minutes late well no worries you just stay longer at the end yeah exactly what's uh what's your excuse being, i was just sitting here waiting doing some work if i'm honest with you there we go uh, and if you're honest with me does that mean you're not normally honest with me yeah 
Uh, no, it's been a busy um, week. You know um, how people say Christmas is fast approaching and um, just around the corner? Yes. Or creeping up on us. And there's a lot in the journalist world, people kind of get angry about that language because days are always the same, whether it's going to be Tuesday or Christmas or Easter or Hanukkah or Ramadan, just in case for all, all religions. Well, not all. The other religions all, all are available. Other religions are, are available. But I'm kind of understanding why people say it's kind of fast approaching now because I've got a lot of deadlines to try and meet before everything shuts down. And it's scary, isn't it, how just people stop. And people, I've already had emails from people who started to go on holiday. And what are we today? It's the 15th of December. That's like nine days. I did that in my head. Till no, what? Ten days. Yeah, I was thinking, what did you do in your head? <laughs> <laughs> ten days until Christmas. But people have already stopped. I had a, um, we were arranging a mortgage for a lovely young lady and she spoke to one of the team today that apparently the solicitors are all just shutting down for two wow. weeks. Like she was supposed to complete and they've just told her no, we have to do it in January. Well, that's not good. That's ridiculous, I thought. Yeah. What'd you do in that situation? Um, well, the problem is her mortgage offer ends at the end of, um, the month so we'll have to try and get her an extension or tell the solicitors to stop being so lazy yeah that's a bit of a challenge speaking of strikes <laughs> <laughs> there's been a lot of strike yeah there's been so nurses strike today or tomorrow today uh there's a rail strike i think from tomorrow postal strikes I haven't had post in years it feels like days yeah days. um What's your thoughts on, I, can't, I don't know which union it was, one of them's asked for a 19%. That's a lot, isn't it? Hey, Rose, but, what do you think? I mean, I'm hoping that is just their first offer. And, you know, your first offer is never your best offer. And that's what I your think, wife said when you proposed? Yes, exactly. So that's just how, what we're going with and negotiating. So maybe they'll settle around, well, even if they settle at 10%, that would seem like a lot, especially if, Inflation is slowing, uh, but we should pay our workers the right appropriate amount. Correct. People got to be paid what they are worth. Yes, it's just hard in this cost of living crisis and economic times to justify big pay rises. I'm glad this is an audio podcast rather than a visual because I'm getting very dizzy with your uh, laptop shaking yeah, all over place. I've got it on my lap, um, and it's very warm. Yeah. So, uh, what are we discussing today, Mark? <clears throat> So talking about changing times, one way that um, the government, the Chancellor has tried to... Which Chancellor at the moment? Oh, today it's Jeremy Hunt. Okay. Careful. Um, the way he's tried to tackle the economic crisis and raise more money for the Treasury is by reducing our um, some of our tax allowances we can get. So there was an autumn statement, which also feels about six years ago, uh, in November, where... Jeremy Hunt made a whole load of policy announcements. Um, and he's very good at, I mean, the Conservatives are very good at saying we're never going to raise taxes or we're very, well, except corporation tax. But well, that's a different story. But what they, rather than raise taxes, they've changed a lot of the allowances. So essentially, as you earn more, we're going to start paying more. But there's, there's some other generous allowances they've um, reduced. And I'm going to throw some of them at you. Okay. Should we chat about, chat about those? Lovely. First, the first one I want to talk about um, is it's going to have to order the capital gains A. tax. No, you've gone straight to A. C. 
Is there a tax agreement A? Maybe. If there is, ring in. Um, capital gains tax, which is the um, tax rate you pay when you sell an asset outside of an ISA, outside of a tax wrapper. So like if you sell a second property or shares, um, but currently you get an allowance of £12,300, which seems pretty um, generous. And then if you're doing, you double that if it's with your partner. So if you both hold something jointly, you've got, what's that, 24,600 together you can sell without having... That's good. That, you, you could do that one. You couldn't do 15 plus 10, <laughs> but you could do that one. 10. Yeah. Weird. But they're going to cut that from April 2023, the start of next tax year, to £6,000. Hmm. So that might seem like a lot to a, to a lot of people, but then from... 2024 is going to go down to £3,000. So that's, if you sell shares and you've made more than £3,000 profit from 2024, you're going to have to pay capital gains tax or uh, property. I guess that's another one that's more likely to hit you. If you're a landlord selling up because mortgage rates are too high or something, you're more likely to get hit by capital gains tax. Don't you think? Yes, yeah. a, resa- no, a resounding yes. So that you're right, and those numbers make sense. I think what is worth bearing in mind is what is the actual impact of this. So you've probably got the numbers in front of you because you're always prepared. Yeah. But um, I don't think it actually has an enormous financial impact in terms of the extra tax you would have to pay. Have you got those numbers, or do you want me to quickly put it in my calculator? You put it in your calculator. Okay. So if we're saying that um, you're going to lose £6,300 worth of the allowance, if you're a basic rate taxpayer, that only costs you, I say only, but we're talking about people that have these type of investments. So it's only going to cost you an extra £630 a year capital gains tax. This is not for property. If you're a higher rate taxpayer, it's only going to cost you an extra £1,260 a year. Because basic rate taxpayers pay 10% capital gains tax and higher rate taxpayers pay 20% capital gains tax. So though it sounds a lot that the allowance is going from 12300 to 6000 as a higher rate taxpayer, that's only an extra £1,260. I'm not saying it doesn't make a difference, but it's not, I would say, significant. On property, that's a little bit more. Yes. Because as a, a higher rate taxpayer on property, you pay 28%. So that means you'd pay an extra £1,764 in tax. Again, it's not a huge amount when you're probably selling a property worth hundreds of thousands of pounds. So I just wanted to put it into perspective there. That's an interesting perspective. But if you're a landlord who's seeing their mortgage rates going up and they're having to cut costs elsewhere, that money's, money may probably will make a difference. It may make you less likely to want to sell, which then exacerbates this housing crisis. Because is it, is it just going to make more people say, well, I'm not, I just won't sell up? Nah, you're such a journalist. <laughs> Trying to cause a, 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 a big problem. I don't think so, someone who has to sell the property because times are tough mm. 
I don't think the fact that they're going to have to pay an extra £1,700 in tax is going to stop them. That's my opinion. You got a property worth, I don't know, 300 grand. Your mortgage is 150 grand. You've made a gain of 100 grand over the years or whatever it may be. I don't think 1,700 pounds is going to stop someone selling. And that sort of amount, that's 1,700 pounds, potentially you can uh, price that into the asking price. When you buy a property, people aren't really going to, selling a property, people aren't, necessarily going to haggle over 1700 pounds so then we've got to be realistic about it okay you had any anyone panic about this to you no no one actually um probably because well i'm making an assumption here but maybe people are waiting for us to have our catch-ups with them to talk about it before the end of the tax year or maybe because they've looked at the numbers as well and don't see it as a significant um increase because six thousand pounds sounds like a big increase but the tax implications of that isn't as big i think where it becomes interesting we um each year we try and make sure each tax year we utilize our clients capital gains tax allowance Mm -hmm. so you mentioned ices and pensions so a lot of families that we look after will have money in ices monies and pensions, and also money that's not in any of these tax-efficient wrappers. So we try each year to sell some investments to take the profit to make use of that gain so they can make tax-free gains each year and then reinvest it in whatever it needs investing in. So it's going to make that sort of planning much harder because the amount you can sell each year is going to be much lower. And therefore, where it might be, we might see more of an impact is more gains will build up. So if people come to sell bigger portfolios further down the line, they'll be sitting on more gains than they are at the moment. Is that, could that mean people rush to sell stuff in the next year or two? I don't think so. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't heard from anyone that's saying I've got to sell everything because of that. Because what's also worth remembering is you only pay gains capital gains tax, if you have made gains, if you've made a profit. So, and it's like with most taxes, it's only on money you've earned or, or gains you've made. So it's not always about the tax. Sometimes it's more important to make the money, make the profit than pay the tax. The best tax planning strategy is to make losses, but that's not what we want to do. So haven't, I I don't think there's going to be a big rush to sell things. What, what about you with your, journalist's um, panic hat on? Well, I think with my journalist panic hat on, I was thinking more of a property market. So that's where a lot of my writing focus is. And if you're Should we give a plug to your website? What's it called? Where you write? What, for estate agents today? Oh, yes. Um, Other websites are available, but may not be as good. Yeah, or or award-winning. Oh, there you go. There you go. Um, I think there's a concern there that, yeah, mortgage rates are rising. The cost of being a landlord is also rising uh, there's more regulations so if they want to get out now is probably a better time to get out than two years time yeah that's a a different thing i I think we're going to see more landlords selling because of the increases in mortgage rates not because of the capital gains tax changes so but wouldn't that be a factor then if they even if it's just 1700 pounds asked and answered 
Okay. <laughs> Rewind if you want the answer. <laughs> um, I, I just can't see someone saying, I'm going to sell now because it's going to cost me. So I think they're more likely to say, I'm going to sell now because I think prices are going to come down. Or they're going to say, I'm going to sell next year because I think prices are going up. I don't think the £1,700 tax change is going to do that. Okay. i throw another tax allowance at you. Are we still going alphabetically? So D. 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 When I started as a freelance journalist in 2016. 2016? Has it I, been that long? Yeah, it has been that long. Uh, set up as a limited company, which used to be a tax efficient way, and some, some would say it still is, to go self-employed. And um, one of the benefits was a nice thing with George Osborne, former chancellor. Not the chancellor. The other chancellor created called the Dividend Allowance. <clears throat> In 2016, the Dividend Allowance was £5,000. Um, okay. So I could earn £5,000 in dividends without having to pay any tax. And also my wife could be a shareholder or a director and she could earn £5,000 of dividends without tax. And that gave us £10,000 we could earn from my company without tax. I'm saying tax a lot. Um, <laughs> a couple of years ago, no more, a few years ago, I can't remember the date, that was cut to... Poor research for a journalist, you should know the date. Poor research. Recently, it was cut to £2,500. And then this um, latest chancellor, Mr. Hunt, or something that um, rhymes closer to that, is going to cut it. Runt. He's going to cut it to um, £1,000. So it's currently £2,000. He's going to cut it to £1,000 from the 6th of April 2023 and then to £500 from the 6th of April 2024. So within eight years, I've been able to earn £10,000 in dividends without tax. And then from 2024, I'll be able to earn £1,000. I'm surprised that anyone pays you £10,000 for, <laughs> for your work. <laughs> That's, yeah, that's another story. Well, you know what? I think part of the, so hearing the story, hearing how you explain it, makes me think tough. Right. Be- because I don't believe that the allowance was set up so that people like you and your wife could earn tax-free. I may be wrong. I think it was set up so that people that rely on pensioners who rely maybe on dividends for their retirement income can have a bit of a tax-free perk. That's what I'm thinking in my mind. So I don't sympathise that you and your wife will earn less tax. I'm the same. You know, I've got limited company as well, so I'm not sort of picking on you. But hearing how you say it doesn't make me sympathise. But where's Uh, the support for entrepreneurialism? people to start their own businesses and be able to, to keep more of what you earn and then you can put it back into the economy rather than well you still pay you still pay lower taxes on your dividends than one would do on their salary so the the dividend tax rates are still lower than the let's call them the income tax rates or bits those wording's not correct and if you sell your business you still benefit from um, lower. You get like I don't. I was going to say entrepreneurs relief. I'm not, I think they changed the the name, but you pay lower tax on the sale of your shares in the business than if it was normal income tax. But on the other, on the flip side, just to give a balanced uh, 
opinion. Yeah, I think we should encourage entrepreneurialism. Is that the correct word? Um, people to innovate, to develop things, to employ people. And this does make it less tax efficient to do so. And you, you, you might think twice about it. Yeah. And on top of that, corporation tax is going from 19 to 25%. Yeah. If, I, if I'm uh, correct, and again, I think you've got the figures in front of you rather than me, that is sort of like tapered, isn't it? From dependent on what your profits are. So the, the big corporations will pay that 25%. If your profits are only, I don't know if it's a quarter of a million or something like that, or, or under, you don't pay such a high rate. Am I am I correct? I think so. I'm trying to get up as you were, well, I was trying to find it as you were saying that. Yeah, I'd rather you found it. <laughs> yeah, there is um, a small profits rate, you're right, below a limit of, 50,000 and profits exceeding 250,000, which is 90. So I'm not going to be at 25% yet. But, you know, if anyone wants to pay me enough to get to that, that rate, maybe that would be nice. And I think that 25, that 250,000 is probably too low. Right. Like uh, a lot of small businesses will, ma- will make profit of 250,000 pounds. So that is a big jump to go from, what are we going from 19% to 25%? That's a yeah. big, a big increase on businesses, and sometimes the government don't think about. Like, let's take a business like mine. Like we employ people, so we pay uh, income tax for them. There's, um, you know, the PAYE's national insurance, employee and employers contributions. We sometimes the smaller businesses like ours get lumped in with people that are making millions or billions of pounds worth of profit and it can be uh can be tough so what, what do you say to me if i'm if i'm a investor or, or a landlord or a businessman who's coming to you for my next planning review and it'd I've be got, nice if you turned up nice if i turned up <laughs> or fixed one. um and i've got capital gains allowances are changing dividends allowances are changing other income tax thresholds are frozen what would you tell me? Interest rates are going up. It seems like all bad news to me. Well, we take a step back from the news. So when we are planning, we are planning in decades. We're planning for the next 60 years for you. So yes, we plug the numbers in and we factor in the numbers, but we're not going to make 60 years, 60 years financial decisions based on the last... 60 minutes or 60 days worth of news. So we take a step back, we look at the numbers, we plug it into the plan, and then we make decisions based on that and how it impacts you longer term, not just the world's coming to an end, let's write a headline and let's change everything. But in your plan, how what are you sort of forecasting interest rates or inflation to be, given that it's quite unpredictable, or what, or and given that? The chancellor one day could say, "I'm going to cut cut these generous allowances." Yeah, it, it. I know this is going to sound strange, but it's sort of irrelevant what the specific num- assumptions we're using in our plans are. We'll have some assumptions. Other financial planners will use their assumptions. What's probably and and everyone or ninety nine percent of people are going to have their assumptions wrong. So we know the plans that we're making are not going to be one hundred percent accurate. It's going to be a good estimate. What 
is more important than that is the relationship of the differential between an investment growth rate, a savings growth rate, and inflation. So we know long-term um, investments will, like shares, will outperform inflation and that savings will underperform inflation. So whether you've got your inflation at 2%, 8 percent, 10%, or 20% doesn't matter as long as your differentials between them are the same in the plan. I've lost I you there. <laughs> no, I was thinking. Yeah. Are there any changes that would worry you? What would the chance have to do if you think, oh, we really need to rethink and not necessarily panic, panic but um, think hard? Well, we're always thinking, we're always thinking hard. So none of it sort of gives me sleepless nights because that's my job is to take a step back and, and plan it sensibly and uh, methodically. So none of the changes that are being made, I would say, are radical. So it's not like they're saying, right, income tax is going up from 40% to 80%. Or um, you've suddenly got to pay an annual tax on your investments of £20,000 or whatever it may be. So they're, they're tweaking rates, but not radically. They're not scrapping all relief on pensions contributions or anything yeah, right. like that. So this is why I wanted to throw some radical... Um, relief changes that you Are we do so this alphabetically uh, no it's just as it comes into my head i'm going to start with pension tax relief so um a higher rate taxpayer can currently get 40 percent tax relief to boost their pension contributions and there's always rumors that that's going to be cut yeah in a by the chancellor to save money what would happen if that happened if that happened would you panic then I mean, that's a, ma a massive question. What would happen? Um, no, I mean, again, not, yeah, as in a financial plan, not just. I know, I know obviously there's other consequences, but even no, no, we can't think about every possible change because there's infinite possible changes, and there's also things that will there's and there's also things that will happen that we haven't even thought about, like something like COVID. You know, you never even think about it, so. I think if pensions tax relief was scrapped, it would have a massive impact on our business and how we plan and the whole pensions industry and, in fact, the whole uh, country because there's so much pensions money invested in businesses in the country. But again, we'd, we'd, we'd think about it and, and come up with a plan for how people can still have a comfortable life and a comfortable retirement. We might have to use alternative methods. What if they means-tested the state pension? And you said higher earners couldn't get; you have to earn below a certain threshold. To yeah, I'd probably be quite in favour of that. Actually, that's my initial response. Uh, you know, yeah. I haven't sort of thought about it because the state pension for the majority of people, families that we will look after, is not even going to scratch the surfaces in terms of being able to provide them with the lifestyle and the retirement they want. So it's roughly £10,000 a year in, in today's money. So if you said, well, we're going to pay it to people with less than another 10 grand's worth of income, as an example, so everyone can have a minimum of 20 grand's worth of retirement income, anyone above it doesn't get... You know, I wouldn't be against it. I think you'd have to think about 
everyone thinks that when they make their national insurance contributions, that's so they can have a state pension at the back end. So you'd have to think about how that is managed and whether people still pay national insurance or it just goes into one pot or what. But I don't think I'd be completely against it. Okay. What if they cut the ISA allowance for people earning more than £120,000? I'd be against that because I don't see the connection between what your employment income is and how much you should be able to save into an ISA. I guess it's a form of wealth tax, isn't it? Yeah, the thing is, most poorer people probably can't afford to put money into an ISA. So it's it's, it's going to be mainly the wealthy people that are using it anyway. So it's yep. probably a bit unfair to scrap it. That is most of my left-wing communist manifesto. <laughs> what about if um, everyone had to have a salary cap? No one could earn more than 100 grand. Like that, everyone earns a hundred grand. How would you? Uh, I'm just chucking a radical one at you, a <laughs> communist one. What's your thoughts, sir? Well, everyone earns a hundred grand, or everyone can't earn more than a hundred grand. Correct. Well, a bit of both. So, because if someone's earning ten million, that's then spread across everyone else to get to get everyone to that hundred grand. You'd be pretty annoyed if you were suddenly having to share your wealth, wouldn't you? I don't know. You, t- I, you tell me. I wouldn't want to take a pay cut from my ten million, but you never know. I think I'd like to think if I was earning 10 million, I'd happily take a pay cut. It depends on to 100 my, grand. To 100 grand. Probably not to 100 grand, no. Yeah, okay. I was just chucking one out there, radical yeah. one for you. That's not, that's not my proposal. <laughs> nice. Okay. Well, is that all we've got time for? If, if anyone's got any other radical tax allowances they want to suggest to us, then we can um, crunch the numbers, maybe even research it. Who knows? Yeah, maybe we'll come up with a few. Might be fun. Yeah. Until next time. Until next time. Please remember, anything discussed in this episode shouldn't be taken as financial advice. But if you do need support, feel free to contact us on Twitter. You can reach me at Mark Schoffman and Josh at Josh Gersler. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Please leave us a review on your podcasting app. That helps people find us and lets us know you're enjoying what you hear. So thank you for being in for a penny. penny.